This is the M6P with your host Andy Kirby and Jared Mayo. Jared Stinkin' Mayo, what's up, man? Dude, Andy, it's been so long. I think it's been since July. I think we, I mean, we talk every day, but I think the last time we recorded was July 28th or something like that. Yeah, we released it August 7th. Oh, did we? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Oh, my goodness. August, September, October, and we're in the middle of November. That's just too long. It is too long. long It is too long. Uh, well, so why have, we, why have we gone so long? Why have we gone so long? Yes, uh, yes. I think now is time to tell the listeners, nay, I, the fans. Right? Let's be honest. I mean, oh, I wasn't trying to blame you. No, no, no. no I'm just saying it wasn't a it wasn't a segue <laughs> into blame. <laughs> no, not at all. I, uh, I well, uh, had some major life changes uh in my life uh that would affect the podcast definitely um so back in february and i won't get into a a ton of details but back in february uh jackie and i decided that we were going to leave my job and we were going to uh pursue mission work in africa and so we went through this entire application process and was accepted and had to go through training uh, and then fundraising, all that kind of stuff. Um, and so that took a ton of time. And within that time, we had an adoption. So we successfully adopted Wesley Andrew Kirby. Um, yep, that's a huge, he was adopted October 23rd, 2019. That is a huge deal and a huge answer to prayer. Man, oh man. So that makes kid number five out of both couples here that we represent here. Five kids out of both couples. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But we moved out of our house uh, on October 12th, so about a month ago, and we are now living with my parents. And uh, in mid-December, we are finally going over to Africa. The country is Togo, Togo, Africa. So we also had to, when we packed up and moved in everything, we had to get storage units and a shipping (laughs) container. We're uh, moving a shipping container overseas, actually. And so that's actually loaded on a (laughs) ship already. You all right, bro? (coughs) Are you dying? I can't figure out how to mute mute the... I I mean, there's nothing to get choked up about. (laughs) Now Now it sounds like you muted something. Yeah, I got it. Are you all right? <laughs> Goodness. I choked on a grape. <laughs> <laughs> That's not good. Quick, oh Jennifer, God, come in here. Turn on all these lights. Oh, you're trying to tell your story, and I'm just over here dying on a water-based fruit. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. That 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 makes sense. <clears throat> do you want to redo that? <laughs> no, no. I think it's funny. I think it's great. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm so embarrassed. I'm sorry. I took your no, your shine away. No, you didn't. No, no, not at all. Nonsense. So um, we're going to be, actually, Jackie and I are going to be team teaching in a one-room schoolhouse, and we're going to be teaching the uh, English-speaking missionary kids of the doctors and surgeons over at a hospital over in Togo. And the plan is to be there for four to five years. Wow, that's a while. 
that that is a while. <laughs> yep. And so my my oldest uh, child will be going to college by the time we come back, or by the time we reevaluate what uh, what's going to be happening. So that's what's going on with us now. As far as the podcast goes. Um, they do have internet over there. It's pretty sketchy, but I've had some Skype calls with the team over there and used video. And so there's enough of, you know, internet bandwidth to use video. So, uh, Jared and I have talked about this and we feel like we could possibly keep this going. Um, so this isn't goodbye. Um, we could keep this going. We don't know exactly what frequency. We don't know what content we're going to cover because, um, this, hospital is actually out in the jungle and it's not near hardly anything so i won't be able to buy comics but maybe possibly i could use the marvel digital codes because um one of our listeners uh gary he keeps sending me digital codes he keeps emailing and texting me these digital codes which is fantastic because i i couldn't i couldn't afford to get all these comics and read all these comics without that so thank you gary uh Wow, Gary Chambliss, right? Yep, yep. He, wow, he continues. that's awesome. I didn't know that. Yeah, man. He still, every once in a while, like every, probably once every two weeks, I'll get like 10 codes, and then uh, that'll catch me up on stuff. So he has been, and I keep telling him, I'm like, hey, man, like, thank you so much. Do you want me to pay for these? He's like, no, 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 that's fine. I, you know, I know you use them. I know you love them. And so anyway, I think that's going to be my lifeline over there uh, for Marvel. Wow. <clears throat> that's a that's some big change in your life, man. How are you doing with because uh, it's like been bam bam bam. Yeah, it's been um, it's been so fast and it's been so much to think about and do. You know, because I quit my job and had to find a replacement and all that kind of stuff and work out finances and taxes and everything. Um, but because it's been so much to do, it really. I haven't had time to sit and focus and, and get too nervous about actually going over there. Um, but now that we're on the tail end of it, now I can sit and focus and get nervous. So, um, you know, most of my time was taken up with uh, getting passports and visas and uh, inoculations, vaccinations and everything. like. Right now I'm in the middle of my rabies series. So on Monday I get my <laughs> last rabies shot. So I'm happy about that. But we've had to get typhoid, and we're going to have to take uh, malaria pills and all kinds of that stuff. So they have all that stuff in Togo. Oh, yeah, man. Like, you cannot get into the country unless you've had a yellow fever vaccination. And you have to have, like, CDC proof on documentation, you know? Wow. So, um, Togo, uh, do you think there is a comic shop within a thousand miles? Um, oh, man, I don't know. Um, so... I think it's 6,000 miles from Louisiana. Um, the capital is about 100 miles away, and there may be a comic shop there. Oh, but, really? Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know, man. That'd be iffy. So, I mean, I'd have to... Yeah, and even then, though, the language is French. There's so many... <laughs> there's like 40, 40 tribal languages, um, but the, you know, the, the main governmental language is French, so I don't know if I would be able to read it anyway, you know? So do you, have you and Jackie taken French classes? No. Because we're, uh, because we're teaching the English-speaking kids, they're actually oh. <laughs> not making us go to language school yet. You're like, welcome to Togo, I need you to le learn English for me. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna be here for a while, <laughs> so if you could just switch over for four to three years, that'd be great. Well, here's the cool thing that you probably didn't know about me. Okay. I was the 
I was the French club president. <laughs> Are you serious? Really? <laughs> yes. So, uh, kind of a big deal. Wow. Like, what year was your uh, reign? <laughs> in high school. It was in high school. My, uh, uh, sophomore year, I think. But you, yeah. I just, I'm just, I'm blown away. I mean, you don't seem French. You don't seem, so, I mean, do you still know it? No. So I didn't really know it then either. <laughs> so you were just a political figurehead? Basically. I mean, if you, you know, back in my heathen days in high school, if you just stood at an angle behind the teacher's desk when she was having you recite the French stuff, she had the book open for us to, refre- you know, to say our French conversations, and I just looked at her book and recited everything. Oh, my goodness. How did you be the president? Like, why would you want to be the president of the French club? Dude, it's the president. I'll be the president of anything if I get to say, uh, you do know I'm the president, right? All right, so uh, from here on out, why not? You're the president of the M6P. I, I think that's great. President Mayo. I'm down. Well, because you're no longer going to be Farmer Andy. Oh, uh, no, I'll be Survivor Andy. <laughs> <laughs> Missionary Andy. So, great. That's what, that's what we need to go with. Okay, so... Uh, a lot of things have changed. We're living with my folks right now for this uh, ah. six weeks until we were going to leave. Um, and we, I have never watched an episode of Survivor. But apparently my family, my parents have been watching Survivor on Amazon, uh, like the and, old seasons. And your sister's a huge fan. She is, apparently. Like, I go walking with her and she keeps telling me all these things like, <laughs> oh, that was this season where so-and-so came back and that was kind of this season so-and-so. And, like... Like I, I don't know who Russell is, but apparently oh, he's Russell a big. Hands. <laughs> I, I mean, he's apparently he's a big deal, and she's like, "Oh, that's that season's Russell." I'm like, ah, "I don't, I don't know what you're talking." About. <laughs> yeah, Becky used to come to our house and watch it with us. <laughs> so, so anyway, we are my kids are loving watching Survivor with the, my folks. They are super into it, super wow. duper into it. I'm sitting there and I'm kind of like, uh, I don't have to pay attention during this part. They're not doing a challenge. And then when the challenge happens, I'm like, uh, I don't have to pay attention to this part because I don't really care who wins. And then I sit there and I think, well, I don't care about any of this. Like, why am I watching this? <laughs> it's, it's either the politics or the challenges, right? That's it. No, it's outwit, out, out, wit, outlast, outplay. Oh, okay. I mean, I think Togo's going to be kind of like Survivor. It seems like it. So, I, I mean, I know that's a big thing, that we're moving there and life is changing yeah. for us and it's taken a long time. But you guys are moving? Is that true? Well, well we sold our house. Um, Congratulations. Then the lady, but then the lady backed out. What? Yeah. That's so like we, the opposite of an Indian giver. Oh, uh, can you say that? Can I say that it's the opposite of an Indian giver? I don't know if that's a PC term. I don't know. All I know is they had a Seinfeld episode about that, and he's oh. she he said you can't you can't give something to somebody and then take it back. That would make you an Indian. And, 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 uh, and she was like, "What an Indian giver?" And he said, "I'm sorry, I'm not familiar with that term." <laughs> I remember that episode. It was a fantastic. Winona's gonna be there. Hmm? <laughs> I don't know it that well. Oh, sorry. Never mind then. <laughs> no, it's it's cool. I love so, Seinfeld. So I about choked that lady, and we had to go with our second best offer. So that was kind of a, a bummer, you know, to get less money. Oh, but yeah, we're scheduled to get out of here on the fifth of December, but we don't have another house. <laughs> Whoa! So, um, 
we haven't found one that we like, but a guy at the gym um, is trying to sell his house, and he's had it on the market for three months, and nobody wants it. So he said we could live at that house until we find what we want or until he sells it. Whoa, dude. Some random guy at the gym? Uh, I mean, I've been going to that gym for four years, and uh, I've been I've gotten to know him a little bit, just talking here and then. He's like, yeah, I need to move stuff out of this house because i got a new house. So I went and I helped him move his stuff. And I was like, yeah, we're looking to move too. And, and then he's like, well, if you can't find a place, you can live here. So, I mean, he's going to charge us rent and stuff, but it's a huge blessing as long as he doesn't sell the house. Dude, that's awesome. And then that'll buy you some time to get, I mean, what are you looking for? Do you know, or is it kind of just a feeling? Yeah, I mean, we we have looked at a billion houses, but we just are picky, and we want it to have exactly <laughs> what we want. You know, a lot of people are just like, eh, that, that'll work. And I'm like, no, I need it to be perfect, you know? Gotcha, gotcha. And what is perfect? Yeah. What are some features that you're looking for? Uh, Jennifer has to have a walk-in closet. Okay, all right. Uh, we are need you, three bedrooms. Are you dictating that Jennifer has a walk-in closet, or, or she is? Oh, she is. She's like... That's just one of the dream things that she wants. So, gotcha. Why not? And we need three bedrooms and at least two bathrooms because she refuses to share a bathroom with me. Oh, that makes sense. I can see that. Uh, she's like, "You're on the counter all the time. All your crap is on my counter. <laughs> well, all your crap is on the counter too." <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, like we want a little yard. We need um, a garage that's attached. We. A basement isn't a isn't a break it, but a basement would definitely be wanted because of tornadoes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just tornadoes here all the time. <laughs> so we found two homes that we really liked and would be willing to move to, but they're not in the right city. So <laughs> decided we don't want to live in Huber Heights or Kettering. Oh, the what about the ice skating rink and then the, the cheap theater? Oh, they, I mean, yeah, they have some great things there, but. You gotta realize that it changes, you know, your your banking. It changes your Walmarting. It changes your post office. It changes your grocery. It changes the proximity of the places that you go most often, and that's kind of a big deal for us. Would it change your gymnasium? Well, I mean, I'm not gonna be moving my gym, so it'd either be, you know, Huber would be a further drive, or Kettering would be a shorter drive. Yeah, I see. So. Mine is so boring, dude. You're, like, going halfway across the country to tell people about Jesus and teach them English. That's hey man, kind of a, a big life, deal. A, a life change is a life change. I mean, you know, at some point, when you get over a certain amount of miles, it's it, it's all the same. Well, it's not only that. You're, like, you just adopted a kid. You're trying to pit, you know, try and get enough boys to be even with the girls on your team. Hey, I will say this. It is kind of cool when I'm like, all right, guys, let's go this way. And all three of us, like, leave the restroom or leave the... <laughs> Like, it's it's pretty cool. And uh, Wes is like, Steven, Steven, Steven. Because Wes is two and Steve is four. Um, and it's just a blast. It really is. They, and, they, they, and they're not bigger than, like, two feet tall. They're just the smallest, cutest little kids. They are so small. Like, Wes is almost as big as Steve. Uh, <laughs> it's, <clears throat> it is cool. It is crazy. And then, like, when we do evening exercises, they're all jumping around on all of us and everything, so. Oh, evening exercises. Yeah, so listen listen to this, okay? Tell me what I'm doing wrong. You, you, you're you good at fitness. I've seen your pictures. Um, oh, yeah, dude. That was something that happened. <clears throat> I got my certification finally. Hey, congratulations. That's awesome. 
Yes, I'm legit. I'm now charging $5 more. Yes. <laughs> $5 more. Man, that's the most expensive piece of paper that anybody's ever... I mean, really? <laughs> right? Well, that's what you told me. I don't know. I think it's a big deal. You were a little bit more cynical than I thought. Oh, I didn't think I even told you. <laughs> no, you told me that you were going for it. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yes. I don't know what was involved. It was a written test or a physical test? Or, oh, no, you had to make was, a plan, right? Yes, it was writing the plans uh, according to what they want as opposed to what Mayo Muscles by Mayo says. Oh, uh, Muscles by Mayo. All right, so, so question? my question, okay, I've, I've cut out so many carbs because I was like, I, I kind of want to be, I, I have a target weight in mind that I want to be going over to Togo. And plus, I figure, like, I don't want to, I want something else to preoccupy my thoughts. I don't want to necessarily just fret about this 10-hour plane ride or whatever. So mm. so I was just trying to lose some weight, which means exercise and change my eating habits. Those two things, I think, would equal you know my weight. Um, and so doing ab workouts and walking and stuff like that, nothing too major. But... I think the major thing that I've seen work for other people in the short term, I don't know if it's long-term healthy, but in the short term, if you cut out a bunch of carbs, like if you cut out uh, breads and pastas and um, processed foods, I mean, mm-hmm. if you're eating something that either had parents or grew from the ground, isn't that in- inherently more healthy? Well, you think about it. So something that had parents could be like a salami, Okay. right? Salami super high in fat. Oh. Or how about even like a banana? Most people don't realize most bananas have about 110 to 150 calories per banana. Because oh. they're high carb, their sugar content is higher, but they've got fiber, which is really good. Uh, so it's really, it just it just depends on what your source is. Okay, so um, I've, you know, I've, my, the, the short of this is I've gained one pound. And I've, I've done this for a week and a half now. I don't see how that's possible. Well, oh, yeah. but you don't know whether you've gained a pound of fat, a pound of muscle, a combination of the two, right? I mean, I'm looking for encouragement, so hopefully. Right. I mean, well, I mean, like, if you have... If it's basically less calories in than than calories that are going out. Right. So if, if you are, you know, putting 2,000 calories in a day, but you're only burning... 1500 you're not going to lose weight right so and and also too like you got to think uh you know you can eat green beans and strawberries all day long but if you're not getting the right protein content amount of protein to feed your muscle you are not going you're you're not going to have the muscle mass that you want you're going to have more it's going to be that flabby kind of just that skinny fat look Hmm. 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 Does that make sense? Yeah. Yes. So we can I'll... talk afterwards. Yeah. I don't want to. I'd rather people hire me than just listen to my podcast and take all their. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, that, that that would whet somebody's appetite there. So wait, I mean, in all serious note, this seriousness though, if people, if listeners did like what they just heard and it started to make sense to them, how could they contact you about uh, getting more information or becoming a client or whatever? Oh, thanks, man. Just check out Muscles by Mayo on Facebook. Okay. Muscles by Mayo. M-A-Y-O, correct? You got it. You got it. All right. Well, do we jump into comics, or is there anything else you want to talk about? We should probably 
tell people a little bit about our sponsors. Well, right, but I was thinking if we were done with this, then we would do that and jump into oh. comics. I think that what? I think that you're right. This is the M6P. We are a comic book podcast, believe it or not. Um, you can uh, email us at m6plc at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Twitter at the M6P. You can visit our website, the M6P.com. You can check us out on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash the M6P. On Instagram and YouTube, under the M6P. You can also be a part of our show by giving us a call at 616-755-TINA. And we are sponsored by DCBService.com, Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com. The best place on the internet to order all your single issues. You can order them two months ahead and get 40% off on your Marvel titles, if not more. I'm sure, I actually didn't check, but the Dawn of X... Uh, grouping that we're going to get, I'm sure, is 50% off. Did you check that out or no? I didn't, but I've been ordering from InStockTrades.com, their sister site, and the lowest discount they have is 42%. So oh, even my goodness. There. That's fantastic. Um, so anyway, DCBService.com, InStockTrades.com, the best place on the Internet to order either your trades or your single issues, however you like to read and collect. We're also sponsored by Community Retail Partnership. For all of your needs at Office Depot, check out crpsavings.com. We are also sponsored by Michael Webb Solutions. For all of your SEO needs, check out michaelwebbsolutions.com. And we're sponsored by themarvelousbox.com. For $25 a quarter, you get over $100 of Marvel graphic novel shipped right to your front door at themarvelousbox.com. Maybe I should try that in Togo. Yeah, I have a feeling the the shipping is going to be a little more expensive. Man, they say that over there that the mail, if it works, if it gets <laughs> to you, it's going to get there four months late. <gasps> four months? Yeah. Oh, see, okay. Well, then I'll just tell you my plan was to get a bunch of books like as they come out or whatever, and send you like a care package. Oh man, thank but you. You won't get it until Marvel has completely re done their line again (laughs) (laughs) i'm actually going to take the opportunity to uh read a ton of back issues that i didn't get to read um and the marvel prose novels um so i'm bringing probably 12 to 15 of those to read and that should last you so if you read one so so let's say you have 12 of them and you're there for five years it's about uh well i brought i I brought up I brought enough reading material. Like between that and the comics, though, like um, if I if I reread all my digital codes, like I have several thousand digital codes. Um, yeah. So if I can do that, and then I got some of those novels and everything. And actually, the only physical comics that I brought over was the Par- the Earth X trilogy. Oh wow! Really? Yes. Yes. So I, I finally bought Paradise X Volume Two. And so that completed the series. And I think they just announced that they're going to have another another installment, right? They did, a prequel, yeah. I can't wait. I think it's but fantastic. you're going to have to wait because you're going to be in Togo. I know, and the, here's the bummer thing. Like, my kids almost mutinied when they found out that a Black Widow movie was coming out and we were going to miss it, and we're going to really? miss a lot. Yeah, do they have movie theaters in Togo? Uh, nowhere near where we are, no. Like, I'm telling you, man, like, we're out. You know, okay, so in Aladdin, 
like the cartoon when she's <laughs> <laughs> when she's in the the market yeah. um like buying stuff that market yeah. that open air like all the shacks and like the canvas and everything that's where we're going to buy groceries but then you just go through the palace gates and they have the movie theater Oh, oh, yeah. But they don't let street rats in there. <laughs> oh, are you guys street rats? I don't know, but I was keeping with the Aladdin thing. <laughs> <laughs> Only so my fleas will mourn me. <laughs> I know we're supposed to be talking about comics, but real quick. Too, so do they have a king or a president, or what do they have? They, <laughs> they have a president. They have a okay. president. Yep, yep. And right, there's well. probably less political turmoil there than here. Well, you know, maybe Gary can send you the codes when he buys the Blu-rays. That would be awesome. Maybe. That'd but then I guess you would, you would have to have the data stream high enough to watch the movie, wouldn't oh, you? Oh, yeah, we can't stream stuff. No, no. Uh-uh. Speaking of which, before we get into comics, did you get Disney Plus? Did I get Disney Plus? Yeah. Are you yeah. one of the 10 million day one subscribers of Disney Plus? We waited it out a little bit, and they had an exclusive... We're part of some Disney online shopping club or whatever. I don't know what it is. <laughs> um, no, I know what it was. We vote on Dancing with the Stars online. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's owned by Disney. You're in some sort of group. And they sent out a thing that for like two days only, if you get a three-year subscription, it comes out to three bucks a month. So we did what? that. Wow. That's awesome. So how much have you watched? Oh, we have watched it? Silver Surfer. Well, I have watched Silver Surfer. Uh, That's So Raven... X-Men. That's so Raven. Oh my gosh, Jennifer and I love that so Raven. Are you serious? Uh, they never put it out on DVD, and we are in love. I'm so happy to have it. You you crack me up. You crack me up. I heard Andy, that, watch it. that Gargoyles is mm, uh, no. uncut and un- unedited. What? I never watched Gargoyles. What would cause it to be cut and edited? Uh, there's like some, like when it, it was more violent than other Disney shows. And so they would cut away during like fight scenes and stuff where, where characters would get punched and stuff like that. And like during, with guns and stuff. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know that, but people are super excited for that show too. Yeah. I'm, I'm guessing that you do not have Disney plus. No. No, unfortunately, no. I mean, really, if they did come out and launch with uh, Winter Soldier and Falcon or WandaVision on day one, I probably would have bought it for a month and tried to convince my parents not to watch Survivor and to watch that. <laughs> well, there's a fr- you can do a free week trial. You mm-hmm. could do that if you want. But what, what, what is on there that, like, Marvel-wise... Well, I guess the X-Men show, right? So every animated every animated Marvel cartoon since the 60s is on there. Wow. So like Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man and Friends, Spider-Woman, I never watched that before. Hulk, <laughs> Iron Man, Fantastic 4, all the 90s like Wolverine and the X-Men, X-Men Evolution, all the Marvel movies but 4 are on there. Uh, and that's just because they're waiting for, they can't put them up until they're streaming with Netflix contract is over which which four uh, it's like captain marvel black panther ragnarok and infinity war oh wow so endgame is on there or no yeah endgame's on there everything and not, and not the spider-man movies because those are sony oh those dogs. Um, there's there's a 12 minute sneak peek into what's coming up which was kind of cool it showed some promo art for uh u.s agent because he's going to be in 
uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Oh, that's it awesome. Previewed some of the What If cartoon footage. There's a Captain Mar- America zombie on there. It was really cool. Uh, they talked a little bit about She-Hulk and Ms. Marvel and Moon Knight and all the movies. That was kind of cool. So, I mean, there's so much Marvel content on there. There's a ton. Man. Man, oh, man. Yeah. Darkwing Duck. Oh, I, I love Darkwing Duck. Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Like, I'm not I'm not a fan of Tailspin, but I like Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Yeah, Tailspin was my... Well, really, I think DuckTales was my least favorite, and then Tailspin. DuckTales? Why was DuckTales your least favorite? It just never... It never appealed to me. I was oh, all, I was definitely about like the superhero Darkwing Duck and Chippendale, you know. Yeah, yeah. The Chippendale was really far fetched. It was strange. I mean, not like <laughs> Darkwing Duck or anything. <laughs> right, that's not far fetched at all. <laughs> so we, my my parents like we didn't have TV channels, but now we do. And so I walked in one day and they were watching Shark Tank, and they were mm-hmm. like, I don't know what it was. But I gathered later, they were like, where did you come up with the idea for this? And they were like, it's from a kid's show called Tailspin. And it was like some surfboard that you ride behind a plane. (laughs) I was like, someone's going to die. Like, don't do this. That's a terrible idea. Like, mom and dad, I miss my, I could have, I could have been on Shark Tank, but you didn't (laughs) see me for me. (laughs) All right. So, so. House of X and Powers of X and now Dawn of X. I am so interested to hear what you have to say about these things. How did you, because we we did the first couple issues of House of X and Powers of X. What did you think? How it turned out everything? Like, what do you think? What's your impression? I just kept reading thinking to myself, I I don't know if Jared's going to like this. (laughs) Well, I mean, it definitely, uh, it changed the status quo. Holy cow. Like, uh, you know, when Hickman gets on a book... Fantastic Four, Avengers, you know, he definitely changes things. But I think fundamentally, he really changed the X-Men more so than the Avengers and the Fantastic Four. Would you agree? It seems like it, yes. Very much so. Like, down to even, you know, their core mission was peaceful coexistence between human and mutants. That has totally been changed. That is not out the the window. The Avengers still serve as kind of like the police force for the world and the fantastic four were still the science uh family space people yeah yeah family this the x-men are not <laughs> xavier's original dream the dream is totally it's a different dream it's like the dream has been realized but it's an alternate dream almost i don't know if that makes sense but yeah, so i was thinking today i think that i mean his run on avengers and new avengers was so big and massive but really if you pick up where, like, if you if you take everything he did, and including Secret War, and you take him out of there, like, the Avengers now are very similar to how they were previously before he jumped on that book, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, they just omitted everything. But, I mean, within that, like, they went on different worlds where and there was different phasing of our planet phased with another planet that intersected and all this kind of stuff. Like, like irreversible things happened and now all of a sudden everything like it doesn't even matter anymore so it was a good story but it was almost like a giant what if story it was almost like an earth x story and you could i think take all of his stuff out of the marvel universe put it in its own universe and it would be like just the hickman marvel verse don't you think mm-hmm. oh totally without a doubt 
Because I think after, I mean, this X-Men run, it may last four or five years, but eventually it's going to come to a close, and then they're going to come back to some sort of status quo that may be as drastic a change as what the Avengers did after Secret Wars. Yeah, and I'm kind of, so I'm conflicted, because in one aspect, I think you're absolutely right. In the other aspect, with Kevin Feige now in in a different role, where ultimately he's over the comic books now in his new role. I, I wonder how much coordination there was with how they want the comics because the X-Men haven't appeared in the MCU. Do Is this how Kevin is kind of saying, you know, this is how we want to eventually bring them in? Um, something along these lines where then the writers and Hickman have kind of tried to move the X-Men towards that so that they line up better for the movies. Well, how how has his job changed that he's now over the comics? His new role, of course I didn't have this pulled up. I'm sorry. That's okay, it's my fault. New job. Okay. Uh, his new job is now the chief creative officer. So that put he's also the president of Marvel Studios, but being the chief creative officer, he's over somebody who then is over uh, like Joe Casada, who then is over like C.B. Sabolsky. Oh, is... see, I thought he was the chief creative officer for Marvel Studios, not for Marvel Entertainment. Marvel, all like Ike Paul Malter has been pushed to the side, and this way Kevin is in charge of everything to have an even more congruent universe between. Wow. Like Jeff Loeb is gone now. Kevin is, you know, the buck stops at Kevin now. With as much as Kevin is involved with, he might not even, you know, care about what these comic books that sell sixty to eighty thousand copies a month are doing. He, you know, he's got so much on his plate right now. This could be for farther from his his mind than anything else. You know, that's why there are so many levels between him and the actual writer. You know, like Jonathan Hickman, because I think there's there's got to just be that trust that hey, you know what you're doing. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. But. Okay, so you think that if he were to be concerned about it and they were kind of patterning the comics after the MCU and kind of making a more congruent uh, universe in that way, like you were saying, you think that they may bring him in or this may be a way to bring the X-Men into the MCU by having Krakoa and everything? Uh, yeah, that's why I'm wondering if that's what kind of the, the thought process is. I know that with uh, with some of the spoilers and rumors that have been going out is that there's going to be a Wolverine versus Hulk movie, and that's how Wolverine will be introduced. And Whoa, Saber- that would be awesome. Yeah, I guess you're not really on the Facebook page too much, are you? Uh, I apologize, no. No, you don't have to apologize. you got, you know, 18 kids, and you're moving to, you know, Togo. So so uh, who, who came up? Where did that rumor come from? So there's a, I, we're <laughs> kind of jumping all over, aren't we? There's a guy called uh, Mikey Sutton, and his... He has some sort of inner line to the MCU. Uh, he broke that Black Panther was going to show up in Civil War before that was announced. Uh, he broke about Spider-Man coming to the MCU before that was announced. He's had quite a few scoops that he had said and nobody believed him and then they shut up on screen. So I take his rumors with a little more uh, weight than some of the others. I mean, he's not going to be 100% right all the time. There's a lot of moving parts over at Marvel Studios, but the the three mutants that have shown up so far in his rumors are that there's going to be a Wolverine versus Hulk movie, 
and that's how Wolverine will be brought in, that uh, Sabretooth is going to show up uh, in an Iron Fist television show or movie, and that Storm is going to show up in Black Panther 2. Wow. So whether whether that means they're going to do something with Krakoa and the whole House of X thing, they might not. They might be doing like this piecemeal, of the, you know, bringing people in various movies and then bring them all together like giant size X-Men for a movie. I, I'm not really quite sure, but it it would be, it's an interesting concept how uh, the X-Men kind of got boiled down and totally revamped, you know, a couple years out before they show up on the big screen too. That was right. all the correlation I was just trying to make. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, that makes sense. That doesn't, that doesn't sound too far fetched to me, you know? Yeah. I mean, I would, I, I prefer the original, you know, trying yeah. to, to struggle. But as well, you know, look at what's happened in the MCU. How do you bring in this whole race of characters that have been fighting to coexist with humans when that has not been the case? Right, yeah. You can't have just... I mean, you would have to have Marvel just suddenly... In, or mutants just st- suddenly introduced, like, uh, the first few lights, you know? I don't know. Good question. All right, well, well, but back to House of X and Powers of X. <laughs> uh, uh, <clears throat> so some of the major differences or some of the major things that it said... Okay, so Moira McTaggart, a mutant now, right? She wasn't before, or am I right? right? No, yeah, she was the, as human as human can be. Okay, and... Uh, Charles Xavier walking around in uh, Phantom X's body. Is that correct? For yeah, I think that's probably his explanation. Yeah. Okay, because I didn't pick it up reading the actual books that that was Phantom X's body. I read it on Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah, it was like Phantom X's body, but I because be- it was in Astonishing X Men. But I believe that Proteus had a bit to do with with changing some of it. Oh, okay. But I don't know. I was really kind of confused as I was reading that that title. Okay. Um, but apparently they can resurrect mutants now because he made copies of all of them in Cerebro using Shi'ar technology, right? Yeah, since, like, 1963 he's been doing this. Man, oh man. So, so now Hickman can really just bring back anybody they want at any time, except in X-Force 1, spoilers... They killed Xavier, right? Right, but they, why can't they bring him back? And they haven't brought him back because they need the five lights. I don't think they need him to access this. I mean, if they can't bring him back, unless he was stupid and didn't make a copy of himself, but um, if they need him to bring people back, then, you know, they're screwed. Everybody, nobody can come back, right? Yeah, but I don't think they need Professor X to bring them back. I, it didn't seem like it. They finally used yeah. hope in a cool way. They finally yeah. used gold balls in a cool way. <laughs> um, so, you know, there, there's the five mutants that can bring people back to life and gold balls has eggs. And, um, so what do you think about, what do you think about the whole setting up a government and then having a ruling council and inviting all the mutants there? Cause there's some cool interplay that, I really think will lead to some awesome stuff. Yeah, I think Hickman really just, he laid a great foundation for some, what could be some amazing stories. Because you've got uh, every mutant, pretty much every mutant ever created in the world that has been alive or dead in a central location like the size of Hawaii, you know? So there really could be a ton of interplay. And then you set up this council who's ruling stuff. Like, there, 
wow, there could be so much. Half the council's villains. Yep. So- <laughs> what, what what did you what did you think? There's like so many things that I'm just like, what? Where is he going with this? Okay, so I thought for sure in House of X they would resolve who the twelfth member of the Quiet Council is. No, they didn't. Right? Well, it, it was leaked though. Oh, is it? Yeah, it was. It was leaked. They accidentally re- released a digital version of it uh, with it not blank blacked out, and so then they re-released it blacked out. So who's it gonna be? Uh, Kate Pride. Uh, boring. Yeah, that's not who I thought it was gonna be at all. Oh no, did who did crush your dreams? I thought it was they were holding out for Namor. Ooh, that would have been good. I thought that he that uh, Emma was eventually gonna talk him into it, um, and that's why they had that altercation, that little fight or verbal argument, you know, with him. But yeah. I thought it was cool that he didn't hold out. I think it's a, or he held out. I think it's really strange how, um, it, it's, it, they just say everybody can come, but like mutants, mutant parents don't necessarily have mutant kids, and mutant kids don't necessarily have mutant parents. And, you know, like if I was married to a mutant, like I wouldn't want my spouse to up and leave and just, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. they didn't make allowances for that at all. Well, I mean, Krakoa basically gets to ultimately decide who can come. You know, it's it's open to all mutants, but there there have been some that are not mutants that have been permitted onto the island. You just well, have to be in good standing with Krakoa, because apparently he hates Kate Pride for some, or whatever. You know. Yeah, I thought it had something to do with her mutant ability, but I wasn't sure. Like, is it is it stated yet that the island just doesn't like her? No, it hasn't. Her- it hasn't been revealed. But I mean, I don't like her, so I'm gonna guess Krakoa is probably in the know, and he gets it that she sucks. <laughs> you don't like her, or like you don't like Shadowcat, or what? Oh no, I've never liked her character. She's ugh, always been one of like my top five least favorites. Really? See, I feel that way about Jubilee. Yeah, she's she's meh, you know. Huh. So, and then the it turns out the entire book of Powers of X was. Like, that went nowhere. That was just one story that was giving you background information, and it was Moira's sixth life. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. So then when she died, it wrapped back into House of X to her tenth life, and I, I just I couldn't understand how they left it that, you know what, I've, I've sold you and uh, Magneto that this whole thing, we need to try it. This is my tenth and final life, because she's going to die after ten, they said. Um... But just to let you know, it never works out. Like, (laughs) what we've done, it will fail every single time. And somehow knowing that, they've deluded themselves into thinking, no, 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 this time it'll succeed. Mm -hmm. Like, so where does that leave the end of the book? What does that tell you for Hickman and this whole editorial? Does that mean that eventually it's going to fail and they'll restart? Or that they're going to stick with this dream and the new stat? Like, are they giving themselves an out? Or How did you read that? Yeah, I read it as... The saddest page in all of this was that it doesn't work and she knows it doesn't work. And, you know, all the stories that I've been reading forever are kind of pointless, you know, because it's never, it's never going to happen. And I think that was part of the enjoyment of the book was the struggle, you know, like when, um, you know, some of the great, great issues of X-Men were when they were in Australia because they faked their death because they were on the run. Uh, when they, when they, um, Operation Zero Tolerance, when all the, the Bastion and his Sentinel forces 
Omega Sentinels were after them and the X-Men were on the run or uh, when they were pretending like the school was just a regular school. It wasn't a school for mutants. Kind of coming, you know, the, the last, you know, 10 years or whatever with X-Men being public and um, having this school and being, uh, you know, out as mutants in front of everyone, it kind of took away that uh, X-Men on the run thing that I've always enjoyed. Uh, and and then this really changes everything because it says that the X-Men on the run, you don't need to do that. Uh, there is no uh, peaceful coexistence. We're basically, this is Genosha. This is what Magneto has wanted all this time. We're going to do this. Uh, screw you, humans. <laughs> uh, so, you need yeah, to and listen how is to this- us. How is this different than Genosha? Right. In many ways, it is. It seems more so like that. The every mutant in the world has just kind of come around to more of Magneto's thought process than Xavier's. Yeah, and Xavier is the driving force because of Moira. Now, in one of the information uh, pages, I think the last one on on House of X um, number six. I think it said that uh, in Moira's diary, she lost. She said, "And we lost Magneto today, and he'll never be the same." Do you remember reading that? I remember when the yeah 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 okay yeah I remember that. So I couldn't I couldn't figure out what she meant by that, like because the very next art page it was uh, Charles and Eric going and talking to her and saying like, "No, this will work. We're going to continue to do it. We promised uh, Mystique that we would bring back." Um, oh, what's her name? Destiny. Yeah, Destiny. And she was like, you can't do that. You can't do that. And they were like, no, no, it's going to work. It's going to work. But so, like, when she says, we lost Eric, it seems like Eric and Charles are together, you know? Right, yeah. that They were on the same page at one point in time. Right. So, what do you think about, what do you think about the assassination of Charles in, uh, X-Force number one? Were you surprised? And then what do you think about, like, bringing back Destiny? Would it be bad? Would it, who cares type of thing? Or, or we're sick of Moira? What, what are your feelings about all that? Well, they said they're not, I mean, Moira said you can't bring back precogs. So that means Destiny. Right. Because Destiny knows what's up. So I don't think Destiny's going to be back, but I think that's probably a story that's coming, is that Mystique, you know, Mystique is on the council, and I know that you keep your enemies close, but I think that that's going to come back, is that why are we bringing everyone back but Destiny, who is the one person that I want brought back, and that's going to create issues, and I think the stuff with Moira is going to be revealed, and, uh, you know, they're going to go in the basement, and they're going to find Moira, and, (laughs) and then... I think that kind of even brings the bigger pictures because whenever Moira dies, the timeline resets itself, right? That's I was unclear on that, whether or not all of Eternity had to perish as well or she was kind of the linchpin to all existence. I wasn't sure which way it went. Yeah. It kind of makes her like the Omega Mutant. She's up there with you know some of these cosmic characters with, with her powers. So what if she dies what if mystique goes in the basement and shoots her in the head and kills her does that just does that end everything is that kind of the out for them to legit reboot the comic books or if that's her last life does that negate that yeah do things go on without her yeah i don't know but it makes her a super ridiculously powerful mutant so switching gears a little bit more to marauders excalibur and uh fallen angels even uh so what do you think about 
seeing some of these older characters coming back, like Black Tom and. Um, uh, let me let me switch that on you a little bit. So what what do you think? How do you make? Does that make you feel about death in the mutant universe? Which which thing? Well, I mean, death. Uh, you die, you come right back. So okay, so them resurrecting yeah. people. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I I don't I don't understand where uh, I don't understand how introducing that could be a good thing. It seems like the the reason why they did that was so that they could just play with whoever they wanted and, like, have a dire... Like, explain a bunch of situations where it's like, oh, well, we're definitely going to die doing this to make it more realistic, but then at the same time, you're making it less realistic because you're bringing them back. Like, if you were to say, wow, this is a very dire situation, we're going up, we're going to get rid of this mother mold thing, um, and we're going to... There's no way we can live, and the readers are saying, like, yeah, nobody could survive that. That's ridiculous. And so it follows what normal reality would be where, yeah, these people die. If you're trying to make it more realistic, then you can't say, oh, but it's, you know, along the same lines, we're just going to resurrect everybody and here's how we're going to do it. Now, it's very clever how they did it, but, like, I don't understand the point. Like, it does cheapen death and it does kind of just say, unless it's a plot point, unless later on it gets abused and people start to take control of it. And because he did say in some of the commentary, like making a copy of somebody who's already in existence has not been tested. And like you could go in some very strange directions and it could become a plot device to get us to like these mutants are just out of control and we can't have this type of thing or, you know, yeah. but if it's just to say, Hey, you guys can do, you, writing team, editorial team, you can do whatever you want to whatever character you want. You can bring back whoever you want. We want to make, you know, fans of all ages love this because their favorite character is back and they haven't seen, like Pyro, right? Mm-hmm. Like, then I don't think it's a good idea at all. Now, they may do that in the meantime and then say, okay, well, do this as much as you want and then... We're going to let it get out of hand, uh, and there's going to be major consequences. I mean, that might be cool, but um, it kind of, looking beyond that, though, to the bigger picture, it's one of those things like, uh, it's the same way I felt about Iron Man and his suit of armor in the MCU. Like, oh, okay, now you have nanotech, and you can do whatever, and you can make whatever weapon. Uh, okay, so how are we ever going to come back for this? And how come nobody else can do this? And, you know, like, you introduce it for a cool factor, but, I mean, you just changed the entire universe. There's no going back. Right, I remember in an early episode with us, we were, we were looking at a Thunderbolts issue, and there was two characters fighting, and then at the end of the, char- the, end of the fight or whatever, uh, Black Widow, it, this character injected themselves with a serum, of some sort, and it changed their face, and it turns out that it was Black Widow, that there was some serum or whatever that she could inject in herself and it make her look like whoever she wanted to. Like, well, that, okay. <laughs> like, that could be used for so many things, and how do you put that back in the box then, you know? Right, yep, exactly, exactly. And But that's what I kind of mean. I was thinking about that today, and I kind of mean, like, well, maybe Hickman's run is not really in the 616. You know, like, not editorially speaking, but if you take out this amazing, awesome story, it's it could be a what-if story in his own universe. Kind of like the Old Man Logan, the original Old Man Logan, right? Mm-hmm. 
I mean, that was Mark Millar, and that was in current continuity and current numbering and everything. But it has it's not it's (laughs) it's not in the six one six. Stupid. I know. He's still still holding on. For those know, of you who have listened for quite some time to our podcast, <laughs> you know, you know I, how I feel about that. Well, are there, you know, are there ethical implications too? You know, if someone dies, you just resurrect them to the age that you want them to be uh, at, from the time that you want them to have lived. I, I just, I, I don't understand. My biggest question is, they seem like they changed the character of Xavier so much. Oh, I know. It's and every time I see him with that helmet on, all I can think about is Reed Richards from the sixteen ten. Like the right. the what's his name? The creator, the learner, the maker, the maker? <laughs> the maker, yeah. I mean he just looks evil. Yeah, well, we've yet to see Professor X with the, the helmet off. And there's been a lot of speculation that if he takes the helmet off there's gonna be a red diamond on his forehead. Oh, interesting. Which wouldn't surprise I mean, would it surprise you? Um it would surprise me as in, like, that's great writing, but it wouldn't surprise me as in, like, oh, that doesn't make sense. It would make sense. Yeah. No? Uh, what do you think? Well, I mean, I hope that's what it is because I just, I don't know, I miss the old Professor X. They've just destroyed his character the past 20 years. Just, the old Professor X before uh, Deadly Genesis? Yes. Yes, like, my animated series Professor X. Like, nice job, Brubaker. Nice job. Uh, <laughs> He's like, oh, well, let's do something else to him. Let's make him just the biggest jerk in all, all time. So, and, and I, don't, I don't know, are we supposed to know all the characters on the Orcus? Like, I know there's, there's that's the uh, Omega Sentinel, I know that. But do we know the other characters, the that, that older gentleman who came later? Uh, I mean, they, they Hickman has those awesome pages that tell who people are, but... I don't know if we've seen all those people before. Okay, all right. And I just can, can we just get rid of Doctor Reyes? I mean, <gasps> why? She's one of the worst characters, and, and she's been around for I don't know how long she's been around. But when I was reading, she just got in the way, like during Mike Carey's legacy run. She's and, the Doctor. Ah, she's just stupid. She's the Doctor with shields. When was she first introduced? Like what? How how long has she been in the comics? I think it was like 96, 97. Oh my god. Operation she... Zero Tolerance, actually. Wow. Look at you. That's amazing. Well, Operation Zero Tolerance, like, that's when we got to Marrow and Maggot and Dr. Reyes. They kind of showed up around that time. Ah. What do you think about all these different, uh, different characters from kind of different eras and different writers all being smushed together like this? You know, you got Hope and then you got Gold Balls and then you got, <laughs> um, Oh, I forget who is it. Trinary or is it um, uh, not a Noel or uh, Elixir? You know, like at first I was reading them, I was like, "Oh yeah, right, the Five Lights." Yeah, that makes sense. And then I thought about it, I was like, "No, no, 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 no. These aren't the Five Lights." Yeah. So, like, it just it struck me as odd that like he's taking all these characters from um, Hope's book, uh, the five the the lights, and then also what is it called? Uh, Academy X, mm-hmm. um, maybe I mean, Generation Pro- X. Got Proteus, yeah, yeah. So, like, what do you think about like how the whole editorial team is using these characters 
together from different kind of writing eras and and you know because you got Shogo with Jubilee and everything. I mean, it's just very interesting how they use these, and it seems to be working. But they're all from different like eras of the X Men or the X books, right? Yeah, I mean, definitely as a fan, it's been really cool to just see a lot of different interaction. And it tells you that Hickman really did his research, you know? Like, I think, like, he did the same thing with the Avengers when he did that stuff, is he really dug deep into some of the Avengers lore and and utilized some characters that hadn't been used in a long time. And I think he did the same thing with the X-Men to see even, like, that big... Um, when they went to the Orcus, those six X-Men that went, like, he sent Monet and Husk. Well, yes. who in the world would have thought Monet and Husk would have been part of saving yeah. Earth, you know? I, I have so to say, I, anytime Monet shows up, I love Monet. I don't know why. I think she's great. She's, she's fun. I liked seeing her in New Mutants with her two little, the two little twins that were, like, penance. Yes. Like, she was trying to chase them. I liked that a lot. <laughs> I like those little cameos and things. Yeah. I, I think they logistically, if we really took a look at Krakoa and how it was working, it wouldn't work. You can't. I mean, how do you survive on the same island with Sinister and Celine and Apocalypse? Uh, Apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, like it just doesn't. People that have tried to kill you. Uh, I, I mean, I know they threw Sabretooth into the middle of the island, which kind of sucked, but. You know he'll be back. <laughs> oh man, what did you think about that? Like they, they, he, he broke a law, and then they came up with a law that he broke, and then they punished him. <laughs> it would be like, hey man, look, from here on out, like it's a new law. But they, like, they didn't even have the laws yet, and they punished him because of that. It was weird. I, I don't know. Yeah, that was. I think they're just trying to establish that there are rules. <laughs> there are rules, I guess. And Sabretooth, if anybody needs to meet made a uh, example of he would be the one but those same people saying at the table have killed hundreds of thousands of people yes yes you got Why? shaw yeah oh it's nuts yeah. it's nuts man so okay so let's kind of go through some of these books so x-men issue one was very different than x-men issue two so i i have no idea what to expect from that book after i read x-men issue one i was like i don't know if i'm really gonna like this book like i like you but you know the art is is really shaky on this i'm not sure um i don't know it, it just doesn't look like he's got a good anchor and sometimes nobody even does ink his stuff and i, I don't know i don't like the colorist with the pencil and everything like that so i wasn't sure if i was gonna like that book i don't know if i like all of the House of Cyclops, the House of Summers living together with Wolverine in there. It's kind of a weird well, thing. Well, there's a lot of talk about that Cyclops, Wolverine, and Jean are a thruple now, since they've all been killed and come back, that they that this is their relationship that they are in. It's, have you... I have kind of wondered what's going on with that. I haven't read anything about it, but like when he's talking to... When he's talking to... Uh, the guy on the uh, was it called the summoner on Akaraba or mm-hmm. and he says yes yeah it's complicated but yeah I love a single person yes you know I was like yeah. why would why would he say it that way what is going on here and everyone that lives on the moon is a summer's butt Wolverine right and they they made it a point to draw out the bedrooms 
and Jeans is in the middle, and Wolverine's is on the left, and Cyclops on the right, or whatever, and they have attaching doors, and even just some of the drawings in House of X and Powers of X, in seeing Cyclops, Wolverine, and Jean interact, like, this is different. Yeah, it is really weird. And it's, it is weird, it's, I don't know, that's a whole, probably a whole other topic, but even, like, when Wolverine died, he was in a relationship with Storm. Like, they had been lovers for a long time. And then he comes, you know, Wolverine's resurrected, Jean's resurrected, and they're just like, hey, Storm, we're going to do the the three of us over here. Uh, maybe call Black Panther or something, you know? <laughs> Bishop, who, you know, he's the what, whatever. <laughs> Forge. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, I mean, one of the things that I really liked about Morrison's run was, like, obviously there's there's these love triangles that had the tension. If you take the tension out of a love triangle and then you just do whatever, I mean, that's it's kind of weird. It's kind of diffuses the situation where the reader isn't as involved anymore, you know? Well, and, and, you know, I never really saw their relationship as a love triangle because Cyclops and Jean were married, and Wolverine understood that. It didn't change how he felt inside, but he was never he was never a somebody that was going to act on that. Like, Jeannie, I love Jean enough. She's married. Uh, he's the leader of the X-Men. I have a million women that I've slept with. I've got all these kids. You know, like, yeah. he never... He just wasn't... I think Wolverine has enough honor that he wasn't crossing that line. And then now they're like, oh, let's let's all three of us just do this. Yeah, it is It is very odd. And I kind of got weird vibes like that now that you're saying that. Um it just... That changed the core of their character, I think. But back to the title as a whole, uh, for it being a number one issue of X-Men, it was very disappointing. It wasn't this great, grandiose thing. It was a bunch of people that used to be dead and are related sitting around having dinner. <laughs> I was very disappointed by that issue. Yeah, that, well, that was the second half. The first half was about the Orcus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't sound but was it? Well, look at previous launches of x-men yes it, they were just blockbusters like you remember them and then this one uh, who's gonna remember this you know true and but i think he if you remember avengers and new avengers one like all of a sudden they're in wakanda and it's kind of just you know the first uh convergence and you're like wait what is going on here you know like mm-hmm. it set up the entire story but it really wasn't that big of a deal, and you're kind of like, okay, I guess we're we're gonna show up on a different planet, maybe the moon, and there's some robot guy named Aleph, and then you know X Nilo. Like I don't know who any of these people are, yeah. but it really did set the stage for everything. You just didn't know it, and so with X Men number two. I was like, I don't care about this new kid cable and their interplay with dad and Rachel. And uh, that's really weird. But what I do care about is Apocalypse talking to the summoner at the end, the, like the last three pages. Um, that was like, okay, now I'm hooked. <laughs> it, it took me to the last three pages of issue two. Yeah. Yeah. Cause are you really interested in kid cable? No. Not at all. I think that's. <laughs> I think unfortunately that's something he has to play with. He was given that he would probably. I don't know. I'm just guessing. But if it were me, I'd be like, whatever, Kid Cable. All right. I just want. I I want Cable. Who's the current Cable? Uh, yeah. Kind of like when he had to play with Spider Man, but it was Superior Spider Man at the time. It was Otto Octavius. You know. Yeah. yeah. No, that's a good point. What, what did you? What th- should, go ahead. What? 
I was, was going to say, which, <laughs> I was going to say, which of these uh, Dawn of X titles do you think you've liked the most and liked the least? Um, I think it. That's a that's a tough call. Out of all <laughs> of them that I read, so we so Marauders, Excalibur, New Mutants, X Force, Fallen Angels, and then the X Men proper. Um. I had the most fun reading New Mutants. For sure. Um, I thought X-Force was going to be amazing, and it was a huge letdown for what (laughs) I thought it was going to be. What did you say? I said, I'm with you. I was expecting a lot more, too. I read an article, a review about it, that said it was just pure brutality, and um, that it was just, like, over the top. But it was nothing like... Remender's run, and it was nothing on, uh, like, uh, Kyle and Yost's run on the book. I mean, uh-huh. that was... That's my favorite X-Force right there. Yeah. Yeah, and, and even just the huge... I think the huge plot hole of X-Force was the Reavers are coming down from... You know, they're shooting down from their ship or whatever, and you see them coming towards the island, and yet there are no mutants around <laughs> that could stop them. Right. Right. Or save Professor X. There's just, you know, um, Wolverine who was cutting up a, a wildebeest, and there's regular beast, and Black Tom. Those are the only three. I'm like, there's a billion mutants on this <laughs> island. What are you talking about? Right. There's no possible way they, the Reavers could have escaped or anything like that. I mean, no. You're right. You're right. But, I mean, I think it was a plot device that somehow is going to push the story along and they needed it to happen in X-Force to be a jumping-off point, kind of like a Cassus Belly, the thing that starts the war. Um, I'm surprised it actually happened that fast. I was taken aback. Um, let's see, Marauders. I thought it was an okay read, and I I like uh, Gary Dugan. Or is that how you say his name, or is it Jerry? Or Duggan? I don't even know. I mean... He's got a very lighthearted way of doing things. You know, he wrote Deadpool for a long, long time, and... Um, so I can see that, and that could be a, a fun book, and I like some of those characters, you know. Um, but I don't think if I want to know my core X-Men of what's going on, I don't think I'm going to be reading that book. And if I have a, only a limited amount of time, it's not going to be that book. Excalibur, I'm out. No way. No way. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, Where did that come from? It's, my goodness, like, I hate Brian Braddock and I hate Avalon, and I don't understand, like, Rogue and Gambit were in that, and that was cool, and I like Apocalypse, but that was short-lived, and I don't know, I don't know what's going on with Betsy Braddock and uh, and Psylocke, and I, I can't keep track of all that. So, if you can explain to me what's happening with Betsy and Psylocke, and who is who now, and when they switched and everything, like... But I can't keep so, track of it on my own. Like, in a nutshell, and I'm probably missing a lot of stuff, uh, back in Jim Lee, during Jim Lee's run, the Mandarin took uh, Psylocke's mind and put it into Quanon's body, and she was a ninja. And so that's how she be, you know, went from, like, that, that, uh, that English persona into this Asian ninja, okay? So okay. then she had that for so long. Wait, Psylocke the, is Betsy Braddock, right? Yes. Okay. Yes, but it but she's in Quanon's body. Okay. 
All right. So, but then uh, Revant shows up. That's a whole other thing. But so then we fast forward uh, to the death of the Hunt for Wolverine series, and Psylocke uh, is in Madripoor, and they're fighting, and she uses her powers somehow. I never quite got it, and the art was not that good to form her original English body and put her mind into that English body. So she was back in her original body, and then Quanon was back in the the ninja Psylocke body. And now ninja Psylocke, the Quanon, <laughs> who's in the ninja body, has decided to go by Psylocke now. Well, that, that would never happen in real life. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Every day. <laughs> Who in the world, if their body was taken over and they would just assume that, yeah, I'll take that name. That's cool. That's cool. I mean, I don't think that would happen. So, okay. So the Psylocke I've read for years is really Betsy Braddock. And then the person that looks like Psylocke is some ninja lady from the when she originally got put in that body? Yeah, Quanon. Okay. And that's the girl in Fallen Angels? Yes. Okay. So Excalibur has Betsy Braddock, and then Fallen Angels has Quanon, and then maybe Betsy Braddock, right? Yes. Also. Okay. All right, so no, Excalibur... Quan- no, Betsy what? Braddock is not Fallen Angels. Is that what you said? I thought she showed up there for a couple uh, panels. Oh, and I- yeah, she wanted to talk to Quanon, and she was like, I'm good. <laughs> no thanks. Yeah. So anyway, Excalibur, what did... I mean, do you care about this book at all? Yeah, it's one of my the ones I like most. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> what about it? What about it? Uh, I like that. I like this group of characters. I think this is a fun group of characters. So, um, which I'm wondering, like, so Captain Britain, I guess, is her name now. Betsy, Captain Britain, Rogue, Gambit, Apocalypse, Richter. I'm interested to see what kind of stuff's going to happen here. I want to know how Apocalypse fits into this because he is not a good guy. And I want to see what his end game is with with this whole thing. So, are you a fan of Morgan Le Fay at all? No, no, I'm with you on the whole Avalon stuff. I never have cared for any of that stuff, so we'll see. But that seems like the whole central point of this book. I mean, especially with it being Excalibur, that's going to be intertwined with Camelot and Avalon, right? Well, the original the Excalibur wasn't. I so, find that hard to believe, but I didn't. Did you read, read the original no, Excalibur? No, no. Oh. So I only can go by what you say. Yeah, I mean, it. Uh, there were parts when they would it would deal with it, but it wasn't the main thing, you know. So, but Nightcrawler's not in this book because wasn't he in the original Excalibur book or no? Yeah, it was Nightcrawler, uh, Phoenix, Shadowcat, Captain Britain, and Megan were the main ones. Captain Britain and Megan. Yeah, I don't care for any of those characters, really. <laughs> well, then you would not like Excalibur. Right, right. All right, uh, what did you think about Marauders? Did you talk about that at all? You don't like Kate Pride. I don't like Kate Pride. Uh, I don't like this person that's impersonating Iceman. But right. I love Pyro. Storm is my favorite character. Uh, Bishop has been trying to redeem himself these past few years, so I, oh, I've liked right. that. From, from instead of killing the baby Hope and killing Professor X. And literally billions of people <laughs> in the future. Right. But now yeah. he's just investigating somebody's disappearance. Yep. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got I got yeah. But I really, Pyro has always been one of my favorite characters, so I was sad when he died in the 90s, but 
it's nice to have him back. But Storm is, I mean, we're all reading the book for Storm. So. <laughs> but she's like in every book, so. Well, yeah. She popped up. I, just, I read New Mutants today. There, oh, there she is. <laughs> she yeah, just so brought what, Wolfman back. What did you think about New Mutants? I liked New Mutants. There, I mean, it had its hits and misses. Uh, I mean, these poor kids, they've, they've grown up. They've been on, you know, they've led teams themselves. Sunspot was, is running companies and the Avengers and uh, Wolfsbane has been on every team but the X-Men per, almost. You know, some of these characters have really grown and changed. So it kind of it kind of makes them take a step back to be back in their training uniforms. Right, yeah. So I didn't I you know I don't care for that. I'd rather have them have their own identities with their own costumes and stuff like that, but I thought it was fun to see members of the New Mutants and members of Generation X mesh together and doing their own thing in space with the Star Jammers who I love. So that <laughs> I thought that was a lot of fun. What about you? You hated it, didn't you? <laughs> no, 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 no. No, this was this was one of the Ones I actually enjoyed reading. Um, I love Sam, so I can't wait until they get to see him. Um, I love the interplay. I don't like necessarily all the characters um, individually, but I like them all together. Like, I like Doug, and Danny's okay, and Wolfsbane's okay. Um, I'm getting these books confused. Was Was Chamber in this one? Yeah, Chamber, Mondo, Magic... Mirage. Okay. Yeah, so I like, uh, I don't know who Mirage is, but I like Magic and I like Chamber. I don't know who Mondo is. Where did he come from? He was in Generation X. Okay, okay. So, I mean, I think it's a cool conglomeration. I'm glad they don't have Jubilee. So, I, <laughs> I, I think I would read this book for a while, and it seems like a kooky space adventure. I don't really like the Star Jammers that much, but... Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm interested because they picked up where Avengers left off with Sam, you know, and his family was a long yeah. ways away. Now, I think we actually have seen Sam in between then and now. So I think that that's a con- continuity error, uh, but I couldn't put my finger on it. I just remember reading something and going like, no, 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 no. He's in space. He's got a family now. Um, so anyway, it's kind of a pickup from Hickman's last stuff. I think it should be fun. If the art is a little bit better, I could... I could really do a lot more cartoony art on this, I think, than what it is. And actually, yeah, there were none, that were hit none of these none of these artists were really cartoony, were they? Uh, no, I think probably the most cartoony would be Excalibur or Marauders. Yeah, but, but even Marauders had the like that uh, kind of the pencily, sketchy look a little bit, just colored over. I don't know. I, I I'd love to see some you know Terry Dotson or something on one of these oh, books. No. No, he's going to be on the X-Men Fantastic Four book. Good, good. So I can't you'll wait. get your Terry Dodson. Everything looks the same. <laughs> I liked the, the New Mutants. I like the first couple pages, like the picture of uh, Wolfsbane sitting, looking up at the sun, all the trees and stuff. I thought that was really well done. And then the rest of the art was kind of hit and miss, you know, cartoony with, oh, that's a really nice image, and then cartoony. Huh, yeah. I thought I thought it was written a little bit strangely, but it was kinda like lighter and how Corsair was <laughs> saying like, What's your worst fear? And they're like people with four arms, really judgmental fundamentalists, and they were like, Well, I got bad news for you. <laughs> like, I thought that was I really got a kick out of that. I thought that was really yeah, cool. 
forearms and <laughs> <laughs> they really hate you all and you're gonna go to jail <laughs> because you're gonna offend them. Um, okay, well, what about X Force? What do you think about X Force? Yeah, I think yeah, you know, it didn't really establish a team. It it that part didn't make sense with how the Reavers could possibly get on the island, let get close enough to the leader of the island. That just seemed kind of crazy to me. I don't know if this is really Professor X. We've never seen without the helmet on. Uh, yeah. and, and it didn't really have that effect of when Professor X died at the end of Messiah Complex because they just need to get the five together and bring him back. Right, yeah. I thought it was cool how they showed the helmet at the end as, as a visual, but that was that was it. I don't really like Black Tom. Uh, the art did not do it for me. It didn't have the feel of what I assume an X-Force art would be. Um, I know that's extremely subjective, but it was really sketchy. Like It it seemed more like a, um, oh, what was that? What was that run with Del Toro or um, the artist during Secret Wars? It was like some Elseworlds story. Del Mundo? You know who I'm talking about? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It seemed it seemed more like that uh, than you know. Here are a bunch of guns and weapons, and that's what I always kind of equate X Force as, um, unless it's like Mike Allred X Force that turns into the Ecstatics, yeah. which that's off the wall. But yeah. this book, when I read the review, it was like, oh, it's brutal, and it just goes to show you like what can happen in a government setup when people try to stand up for what they believe, and they make. I was like, that's not. <laughs> That's not what this book is at all. Like, not yet. So, so it's just, I think I would agree with that assessment more if we didn't have Kyle and Yost and we didn't have um, Remender's run. I mean, even though I didn't like the art on Remender's run, I mean, they were, that was brutal, you know? Yeah. Um. So we'll see, we'll see where it goes, though. I mean, I fully expected a whole lot more cable in this issue than what we got. He's not in X-Force. Well, I, and I assumed he was, but I, I, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I thought there'd be a lot of cable, but he's not on the team. <laughs> right, exactly. I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> All right, Fallen Angels. What do you think about this book? Uh, I thought it was going to be something else. I thought it was going to be that it was going to be Psylocke, Quanon, and X twenty three, and Kid Cable. And they were kind of going to be rebelling against Krakoa and the unity of all the mutants and saying that something isn't right and this isn't how it should be. And I was really on board for that story. (laughs) But that's not what this story is at all. (laughs) That actually sounds like a very interesting story that you just made up right there. But yeah, you're right. No, it's... Yeah, and I really don't think I heard it anywhere. I think I just assumed that... (laughs) So I was first really of all, like, first of all, this is a terrible title for a book. Well, they're just trying to keep the nostalgia of what Fallen Angels was a mini series in like the late '80s, and it had some New Mutants characters in it. But but, but why? Like what what <laughs> connects these two to that? They're like, well, we can't call it X Factor or Generation X, so Fallen Angels it is. I would think that there would be an X Factor in this. Like, it seems like there could be, instead of Marauders, even. Right, Marauders is terrible. Even Storm was like, I don't want to be called Marauders. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, right, but, I mean, we can't associate with the X-Men. Right, sure. But the Fallen Angels thing, it's like, this is a book that I think 
there's there's no chance I would continue reading. I don't see any reason how it would tie into anything. It's basically these people that are saying like, hey, we're finally at peace, but I really like to kill people, so maybe we should do something else. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is that kind yeah. of what you got from it, or no? Yeah, I, I wanted it to be better. I mean, I'm going to give it... I'm going to give it another read. I'll definitely give it a second issue, but... That's just because I anything with an X, I feel like I have to. But it have doesn't to. have one. It has fallen angel. Well, but I mean, it has X Men characters. So okay, so we also have uh, more series coming out. We got Wolverine, X Corps, uh, or X Corp, depending on how they pronounce that, and then a Moira McTaggart series, right? And those are going to be yeah. in February. Supposedly, yeah. Which ones do you think you're going to be interested in reading? Well, there's also. Uh, there's going to be also be another. It's called Giant Size X Men, and each one is going to focus on different characters. Kind of, kind of like the X Men title is, you know. Oh. But that's it's supposed to be an ongoing too. Oh, okay, interesting. And I, I wouldn't be surprised. And then the X Men Fantastic Four, but that's a limited series. But I wouldn't be surprised if they announce even more. You know, they are just they're going for it. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I mean it seems I'm, like the Avengers have really cut back. I mean, yeah, on, well, on, on their popularity and everything. Every mutant character that's ever been created is alive now. So they've right. got characters for probably ten more books. But fans only have so much money in their wallets, and they can only support so many titles. I, I just don't see all these these lasting. How, I mean, right. how this Moira McTaggart series is going to be have to be awfully interesting. Well, it's going to me. It has to be written by Hickman, or else it's not going to work for me. Yeah, it's got to be Hickman, and I would hope it wouldn't be telling us stuff that she's doing now. So, dear diary, today I sat in the basement again. <laughs> again. <laughs> and probably sit in the basement tomorrow like I did last week, you know? <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> you really made me laugh a lot for that. <laughs> oh, what a boring series. But if it if it went back and... Like, I'd be interested in what, like, when she had the apocalypse face during one of her lives. Yeah. That would be cool. Uh, That kind of stuff. But I think that would really be a a limited series. I don't think an ongoing Moira series needs to happen. Right. It would have to be, like, different jumping back and forth between lives and dates and times and places. And she would have to be working a mystery or something, putting pieces together together trying to figure out the one way to make it all work. And so, like, yeah. to put it in an MCU, if you know how kind of how uh, Doctor Strange was going through those 14 million um, mm. different realities to find one that worked, it'd be if she was doing that and the reader was experiencing it with her, and but she was trying to figure out how the one possible way to make it work. If there was some way where she could write herself notes and compare notes back and forth a, a between lives and times, that'd be kind of cool, you know, because then it's kind of like a mystery that the the reader's on the adventure as well. Yeah, that's that's what it needs to be. Definitely. So, uh, I think out of these books, I'll continue to read X-Men. I will give... I'll continue to read New Mutants. I'll give X-Force another shot and Marauders another shot. And then I'll probably read Wolverine on a regular basis. And I don't know what X-Corp... What is X-Corp going to be about? I don't know. Okay. I have no idea. Okay. If because it's I any... feel like the names of these books don't necessarily give away what the stuff's going to be about. 
Okay, I didn't know if they had done any solicitations or anything like that. No, they haven't. They haven't mentioned it. Okay. All right. All right. Any other closing thoughts on these? Uh, I'm looking forward to Wolverine. Uh, anything that Adam Kubert draws, I'm in for. Yeah. So. Yeah. So we'll see. You know, it hasn't been all. I don't think House of any House of X and Powers of X as a you know running together as twelve issues. I think was a excellent read. It was a lot of fun. There were surprises in every issue. I think Hickman really kind of not kind of Hickman really thought everything out. He had charts. He had graphs. He explained stuff. It was everything that I think people were expecting from Hickman. Uh, I'm just not sure that it's the direction that will last forever or, you know, uh, I mean, so what if you kill one of the five? Does that mean that the process for resurrecting them doesn't work? Can those, the five not be resurrected? You know, good question. Yeah. Like if you kill Proteus, that's an essential part or gold balls who is, who, you know, gives the eggs or do they have reserved eggs or, or, you know, how does, I think that would probably be what the crumbling point would be is if they take out, you know, if the Reavers do another helicopter drop and they take out some of the five, um, or somehow Krakoa is is killed or um, some something like that, I think that would then restart everything. But that'll probably be a couple years down the line, I'm guessing. Well, I am definitely interested uh, about Apocalypse and what he has to do with it. It seems like this story is big enough and he's a big enough character that you really can't do it without him. Um uh, Acura, uh, what that has to do with it, and the summoner, and and somehow he's tying in the other world with this. So I hope I don't have to read Excalibur all the time, but maybe because <laughs> you know because the other world is in there, and also Apocalypse is in there. So who knows? Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, is there any other comic news or anything like that that you want to cover or talk about before we shove off? Oh, I mean, there's. There's a lot going on at Marvel, but I think I think it's good to kind of do this X Men stuff. We're we're gonna hope. I mean, this is episode 124, so hopefully before you jaunt off to Africa, we'll do 125. I hope so. That'd be great. And if not, I mean, at least I'll have plenty of time to do like a clip show or something like that over in Africa over the next four years. Put something together. <laughs> over the next four years. <laughs> All right, well, cool. All right, if you if there's uh, nothing else, uh, this is the M6P, and um, we are sponsored by DCBService.com, Discount Comic Book Service, and their sister site, In Stock Trades, the best place on the internet to get your single issues uh, at forty percent off and your trades at forty two percent off. We're also sponsored by Community Retail Partnership. You can check them out at CRPSavings.com. For all of your Office Depot needs, whether it's coffee or pens and paper, check them out. They're a discount membership service, and they'd love to hear from you. We're also sponsored by Michael Web Solutions. For all of your computer needs, like with SEO and sales and marketing and uh, Facebook ads, all that kind of stuff, Darren is the man, and you can check him out at michaelwebsolutions.com. And lastly, we're sponsored by themarvelousbox.com. For $25 a quarter or $90 for a year, you get over $100 of Marvel graphic novels, only the best, delivered to your front door. It's it's a lot of fun. We love putting, that, putting it together. So check them out at themarvelousbox.com. 
You can visit our website, theM6p.com. Follow us on Twitter at theM6p. Email us at m6ploc at gmail.com. We're also sponsored, well, not sponsored. Another way that you can get a hold of us is Facebook uh, at facebook.com slash theM6p. We're also on Instagram and YouTube under the same title of theM6p. You can even be a part of our show by giving us a call and leaving us a message at 616-755-TINA. All right, everybody, thanks for listening. Thanks for being patient with us as we go through these life changes. And we know it's been several months since we recorded, but you guys are awesome. We love you guys, and that's uh, really one of the things, one of the reasons why we continue to do this. So until next time, this is the M6P.